This is L.A. Wildcats quarterback Josh Johnson, and this is the XFL Show. Football fans, this is for the love of football. This is the XFL show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. Today, we're on the offensive. We're not going to be offensive, but we're on the offensive. We're going to try not to. The season is over indeed. And that means when a season ends, it becomes award season. And this is episode 124. Yes, we're going to play you off right away, Bryant. You get out of here. We're counting down the top <laughs> offensive players from the 2020 XFL season. Here we are. Welcome to award season, Brian. It, it's it's going to be a special few shows coming up. Everybody thought award season ended in February, but no, it starts today. Uh, we're going to start with the offensive uh, players, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, some unfortunate news about the league this past week, but you know what? It's okay because now we, we're going to get into these awards that you and I have been talking about. We wanted to give away for a long time. Yeah, we've had this conversation for a while, and then you know it came showtime. Okay, now we're going to give away some awards, and we still barely could agree on who's going to come up with these these uh, <laughs> these spots. But we're going to count them down: the top five offensive players of the season, with number one being our official, unofficial. XFL Offensive Player of the Year, and this is based solely on the most important data when it comes to the XFL, and that is uh, our eyeballs. These four eyeballs that you see on the screen right now on YouTube, the four uh, eyeballs you don't see listening on the podcast. Bryant, you and I did a lot of hard work watching XFL football for five weeks and then yelling back and forth at each other face-to-face on on uh, our video chats and then also, of course, in our messages that we constantly said, no, you dummy, it can't be him because he's not as good as him. <laughs> uh, our arguments, Alan, lit, led to a, a complete rewrite of this episode if you really think about it. So, yeah, you and I have – we didn't just put pull names out of a hat, even though you suggested it because we couldn't agree at one point. Uh, we, 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 we put this list together thoughtfully and thoroughly uh, with these four eyeballs. And we're going to get to the top five XFL offensive players of 2020. Oh, no, baby. And that's coming up in the hot read later on. Also on this episode as of, uh, well, yesterday, because we are recording late on this one, Bryant. But I like it because I wanted to wait for the data to come in with the info, the news, the hot goss on who's going to the NFL. XFL players eligible as of March 23rd to sign with NFL teams. And we've got some players already to talk about on day one, Brian. Yeah, some signings. As soon as I woke up this morning here on the West Coast, uh, signings were had uh, to the NFL teams. Uh, so we'll get to all those that have been confirmed. I'm sure more and more will come out by the time we come back to you on Friday morning. Uh, but, but this will be the first instance, I think, of the players that we thought would go right away. The first rounders, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, the for day a, of XFL free agency is if well, I don't know, we don't have an official name for it. I guess we'll call it XFL free agency here, Bryant. But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the the season officially being over because that letter did come out from the league to fans and really 
help helping everyone kind of put closure on it and, and now we could start looking forward to 2021 completely that's what award season's all about putting the bow on the season officially and we're going to start with offense we will be doing defensive players we will be giving other awards away maybe an mvp That'll all be coming up on future episodes. This episode's all about the offense. We also are going to have a special guest here coming up actually in just a moment. But real quick, let you know how you can interact with us at XFL Show is the way to do it on social media, on Twitter. And we're constantly there. Uh, we're going to probably put up a poll question or two based off these top fives that we're doing. We did a top five uh, last episode, Bryant, that uh, was very interesting doing the show and the reaction was pretty fun seeing what seeing what people thought about that so we appreciate you you can also call in with your reactions and your suggestions for any of the awards we're giving away anything we're discussing 724-565-4xfl and uh yeah it's 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 been fun even though the xfl season is over and everybody is i, I think i'm on, i don't even I, we have a calendar downstairs keeping track of the quarantine days we put q and the number of days we haven't really gone out in public go for strolls <laughs> you know around the block but uh i think i'm on like 11 i don't know but i'm still t i haven't not there's not been a day goes how's by your that... toilet paper situation just curious oh we're good we're good we're good you're good we, yeah, yeah i, I yeah. bought that i found some i found some toilet paper it's the kind of toilet paper that doesn't make you that makes you not want to use the toilet paper so <laughs> we're, that's we're responsibly in a good spot <laughs> we didn't hoard or anything but, yeah, hopefully everyone out there is as well. But, uh, yeah, so like 11 straight days being at home, but still talking XFL, XFL news coming out. Lots to get into. No shortage of, of stuff for this episode. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. 724565 4XFL if you want to be on the show. And right now, Brian, we're about to have someone be on the show. But, actually, we, we skipped the fan line this time and went directly to them. We're going to bring in a video chat we had with – a big XFL fan, a big Battlehawks fan a little bit earlier today. Uh, this a big guy, XFL show fan, too, and I will big, say. Uh, one of the biggest fans of the show. He's a day oneer, and he his name's Drew Duesenberry. And he, Drew D, is uh, he, we talked to him, Bryant. We talked to him when we were in St. Louis as well. Uh, a guy who completely embraced the XFL, and he's got some cool stuff to say about what it was like being an XFL fan, particularly in St. Louis. And the city of St. Louis and what it brings to the sports community uh, every single season with every single sport they participate in. So a good, some good insight from a true diehard uh, Battlehawks fan who who seemed like part of him maybe got ripped away a few years ago. But it's back and, and he's uh, committed to 2021 just as much as the XFL is. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of fans like him and we're going to hear from him here right now on this is the xfl show so instead of dinking and dunking around the league around social media we're going to go straight to an xfl fan and this is cool we haven't done this before so we're looking forward to maybe doing some more of these here's our conversation with an xfl fan their, their story it's drew in st louis something very special for going around xfl social media this time around bryant because we're bringing on an actual xfl fan like us we want to hear it straight from you listening and a lot of you've been listening for a very long time like our guest today his name's drew he's in st louis he's a battle hawks fan naturally and drew we just want to say thank you so much for joining us here uh socially distant but in the thick of it talking some xfl well, thanks for having me, gentlemen. As I said, the, the pleasure is all mine. I think I've listened to just about every one of your podcasts when we found out we had a team. And 
you guys have have helped me not only get excited, but uh, sometimes the cubicle life can drag on during the day, and just having some background football talk helps get me through. Well, we appreciate it. <laughs> that's, that's great, Jeremy. That's, appreciate that's, that, man. Yeah, that's what we're for, right, Brian? We're here to get people through the work day. Well, we're here to get through uh, people through 2020 now, too, Alan, <laughs> until we get to 2021. Drew, uh, you're one of the OGs. I mean, we, you've supported us from the very beginning, so thank you for that, for sure. Uh, but I got to ask you, that lead-up to kickoff in St. Louis seemed different than any other market. Uh, how ready and how excited were you, the entire city, really, uh, for this season to kick off? To be honest, I knew we were going to show up, but I had no idea that it was going to be that magnitude. <laughs> it was in my wildest dreams. I, I told my wife the the last time that I had been that excited in the dome for a football game had to have been a decade prior. I think it was a Mizzou Illinois game, not even an NFL game. Wow, I mean that 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 first game we were there. We shared some sp- spam sandwiches with you and your your team at the tailgate. That was amazing. But you're right. You guys brought it. You brought the. Everyone had like the merch on, or you guys had. Some people had custom Battle Hawk stuff. You had chants ready to go. Two of them. You had the Kaka and the Battle Hawks. I mean, no no fan base was more prepared for the XFL than St. Louis. And I think that just comes naturally. We don't intend it to, but we're we're a sports town, and we just like to have fun. It's just. Nobody's going to feel embarrassed as long as you're rooting for your team. And I don't know if that comes from Midwest roots or or maybe the fact that we feel we've been jarred a little bit as a football town. But you, you see the same thing at Blues and Cardinals games. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, and definitely no one was ashamed of, of rooting hard. I mean, they were there at like 7 in the morning tailgate when Brian got, I started roaming around the battle. We slept there. in and got there at 8.30. Yeah. That's what happened on was, accident. Yeah, <laughs> We could have been there early. They were already well into it by the time we got there. So I want to ask you, Drew, though, what what about uh, you know that tradition returning f- for the XFL? Like you, you guys told us at your tailgate, you had been doing this for a long time, obviously for the Rams, but then the Battlehawks come, and you guys kind of picked up where you left off. Did it feel the same? It felt like coming home, to be honest. It. It got to a point, especially when the Rams weren't very good towards the end, that it was circumstance coming to tailgate that, well, we were going to the football game, but we weren't really excited to be going into the football game to, to find out what was going to happen, right? It was in the fall, Saturdays, Sundays, well, not as many Saturdays as weren't in the playoffs as often, <laughs> but Sundays <laughs> getting together and being around each other when throughout the year, you know, you get busy, you got work. You got weddings, et cetera. Finding one time to get everybody together. Football is always our excuse. Yeah, man, that was you know, awesome. You... They had a special one, though, I, Brian. We went to their tailgate. Like, you could tell they had been doing that for a long time, and they were ready when the XFL came rolling to town. Yeah, they were cooped up in a corner, pun intended, there uh, up on the parking lot. That was really kind of nice uh, up there. Drew. We know about the football leaving St. Louis. We know about the excitement coming back. But just in general as a sports town, what makes uh, St. Louis so passionate? Because you're right. This is not only for football. It's for the Cardinals. It's for the Blues. Uh, You guys are so passionate about this team. Is is it just a way of life out there in St. Louis? I guess maybe explain that. Because I'm from L.A. and you know you don't see that here that often. (laughs) I think that's a really good question. So part of it's Midwest, being proud of where you're from. 
I think also St. Louis has gotten a bad rap nationally, whether it be our, our crime statistics or our declining population, that there's so many great people here. There's so many doers. There's so many wonderful universities. And Washington University is one of the top research medical schools in the country that when we get a chance to, to shine, you know, people work hard and, and come prepared. But the reality is, like I said earlier, I couldn't express the magnitude was we don't have to work that hard. We're already awesome. <laughs> We're a classic American city. Um, the way I've heard it described as St. Louis is the westernmost eastern city. And, and really, to be honest, we've, we've almost enjoyed it more so than the rest of the country realizes. We have some of the best boroughs in the country, and it's incredibly affordable to live here. That we, we love St. Louis, so when we hear about St. Louis not being in a good light in any aspect, whether it be sports, whether it be politics, whether it be social circumstances, I think everybody feels a little dig at them personally. Man, you guys definitely took it personally when it came to the football stuff, too. I mean, that that crowd was so loud, <laughs> very vocal about the, the past issues and pe what people had said about it as a football town. And then you get that team that you had there. I mean, talk about the Battle Hawks now. I mean, you got to see Jordan Tamu and, and that defense with Will Hill, Kenny Robinson, Casey Sales getting Girl Scout cookies. Like, they had a bunch of characters. Did you gravitate towards anyone individually? What would you like most about the team? I think the chemistry. I think uh, what Damian Washington said it best, it felt like he the relationship that he had at Mizzou when he was in college, that Gary Pinkle had built that family-style atmosphere, and that's what Coach Hayes did as well. You know, these guys in the XFL, they've been told they're – not good enough. They're just one step slower than the, the last guy or, you know, they didn't catch this many balls in uh, camp. So they got cut. So I think the Hayes, at least from my, my perspective outside looking in channeled that. And it's a good thing that the only way that we're going to rise is together, right? There's not some superstar. There isn't Tom Brady coming, coming here to, to lead the way with this proven resume that, we're all a bunch of outcasts. I think the Las Vegas Golden Knights channeled that at, when they had their uh, their run to the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago, and it worked. I like that analogy. That makes a lot of sense to me for sure. And, and this this team, I think, took a lot of the early portions down in Houston probably to build a lot of that, and they came they came ready. I mean, they got that first week one win, Brian, in Dallas. A lot of you, not me, you – didn't expect that to happen. And then St. Louis, you know, five weeks of XFL football. And honestly, I mean, they lost to D.C., but I think coming out of that, we still all were saying the Battlehawks felt like they were the team in the East. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about – let's talk about it now. The, the elephant in the room, the season getting cut short in that regard because you guys had a damn good team. I mean – is that good? Do you think that's just going to fuel X XFL fans in St. Louis even more when we do kick off again? Do you think that is going to just carry over the same atmosphere we had when the season got cut short? The best thing I saw on social media. So we got the email sent out because we have a positive balance right on our, our tickets moving forward. And somebody said, 
they could just save a lot of time and money when they just go ahead and not send this email and just move the money to next year because we're already all in. I love that. <laughs> yes. That's so good. <laughs> oh, man, Drew. Well, I think uh, they gave you a great team to cheer. Uh, it would have been hard for me to see any team to go into that dome and actually win because uh, they were supposed to, what, 50 to 60, I think, is what they were expecting for week seven against the the Wildcats. I think that's what they were looking to do. Oh, man, I, I hope they kick the season off in St. Louis next year. That's going to be amazing if they can. I hope so, too. That'd be fun. Honestly, I thought we would have we would have sold out. We probably would have beat the Vipers and I think it's 67,000. Whatever the fire marshal says that we're allowed to put on paper would have been the, the capacity crowd for the game. Oh, no doubt. Man. No doubt. Especially with the especially with the winning, because with the winning, even, you know, even more people. I think if they were just middle of the road. Still, you're looking at what you were seeing because just p- people were excited to see see what the team had. But the fact that they were winning. I mean, that, that that was a lot of fun. So St. Louis got their team back, man. And before we let you go, I want to know just any one one takeaway you had from this, this XFL season. It's cut short, but we're going to be looking at the top offensive players today. Uh, if you have a player, a moment from your experience at the games, anything you want to tell us and leave us with before we let you go here. L- leave us with what, what, what you you were left with when it came to XFL 2020. Sure, I think I'll take it outside of the St. Louis perspective. I'll talk about Tamu. Um, me, I've, I've known all along that there's talent out there to be not only to be played that you, you haven't seen at that level. Um, I don't want to dig too much at the other league, but there's not really a development league, right? So you've got the college tape, and then you move into the professional league, and just like any business, it, it doesn't it doesn't have to be professional sports. You got to have the proper mentor. You got to have the proper development in place to really see where people can shine. And when I saw Jordan Tamu take off for the first time, he looked like a thoroughbred racing down the field. And I could just imagine him doing that on Sunday in the in the big league. And I thought, why hasn't anybody given him a chance to do this? Like, well, there's only so many weeks in camp. There's only so much time. There's only so many reps that can be had that this is the opportunity and we're excited in St. Louis to be a part of it. That's for sure. He was one of those players. I definitely thought like in college, a fun player to watch. And you just knew that guy in the, when it came to the NFL, probably weren't going to get to see him too much, maybe in some preseason games, but the XFL, exactly what you're talking about. Drew, I think you hit the nail on the head there, man. Brian, you got anything left for Drew? Uh, that's maybe. it Drew I knew we, we banter a lot on Twitter so it was a lot of fun man keep it up ask him to send us ask him to send us the spam no. sandwiches ask him to send us oh. in the mail that's that, that's the whole point of the call <laughs> uh, I, I got the recipe I can't find the spicy spam that's the only thing I can't find I gotta figure out where that is um, I'll put that but uh, those are really good it's right <laughs> spicy spam jalapenos butter. I had it with pepper jack Onion. cheese right and then yes, and then the bread was what? What again? It was Texas toast. Texas, oh, uh, toast? Texas toast. Yes, classic oh, man. butter, <laughs> ideally. Delicious. Drew is a lot of fun, man. I, I hope to make it out to St. Louis. If you're ever in LA or in Pittsburgh, you know, always hit us up, man. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we'll 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 catch you down the road, bud. We'll do. And uh, just leaving, parting. Uh, I take great pride in trying to represent St. Louis sports fans. So if you guys need anything from us, any XFL takes or anything we can do here. Is Battlehawk Nation. Let us know. We know it. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot, man. 
Take care. Have a good evening. Stay safe. Thanks to Drew for talking Battle Hawks, talking St. Louis, talks, talking being a fan, listening to the show in his cubicle. That's what it's all about. We appreciate his time. And uh, I like his insight there on Jordan Tamu, who we're going to discuss actually here in just a second, Brian. But <laughs> I, I just can't say enough about the hospitality he and his gang showed us when we went to their tailgate. And, you know, just the 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 he there's something different about I don't know, you know, Guardians fans. I love them, but they're a little rowdier and they're just going to they're there for like a great time. But the heart on the sleeve thing and the and the, just laying it all out there like Drew just did talking about you know, the deep passion and the reasons why, like that's something I think is rare and really uh, specific to St. Louis and cities like that too. So every fan base is different. Those St. Louis fans are, are really special and they'll tell you honestly all about it. And that is one of the, the best things about what happened uh, with the XFL's return here in 2020. It did. It, it brought, you know, football back to a community that really missed it. And, and to Drew's point, he is – He's one person of the entire city of St. Louis because what we saw from him, the hospitality, the the energy, the welcome, the the the, the drive to be a, the best fan that they could was really somewhere we saw. Alan, you and I did an entire loop around that dome outside before the game started, and every single inch of that uh, perimeter was 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 covered in Battlehawks fans and fans just like Drew. Oh, absolutely. And they had their own traditions all on deck because they'd been waiting to to they've been in hibernation. So that was really cool. We appreciate Drew giving us the time. And if you want to be on the show, hit us up seven two four five six five four XFL and you can be on the XFL fan line. We'll play your voicemail. And you know what? If we're doing it on the particular episode, maybe we'll set up a Skype call with you like that as well. We love talking directly with fans. We're looking to, forward to having players and other uh people in the league coaches executives whomever during this off season that we're now in and that this this shows where they're gonna hopefully be joining you you fans and speaking directly to you because now we're hey bryant back on the road to kickoff i know you missed it <laughs> i you love how many weeks road. alan you love the, oh <laughs> we gotta start it up we'll start it up we don't have a date though we don't have a specific date i'm assuming it'll be february but uh yeah we're on the road to kickoff again brian's favorite place to be where <laughs> it's where i feel most comfortable you know inside <laughs> my home waiting for football to start uh not football actually being played now on the road to kickoff though brian for and this is just a smooth transition the entire road this time you will have a, a friendly companion with you the entire time no it won't be me it'll be the xfl oh, app friendly I, i'm not friendly at all but you'll have the xfl app <laughs> to be friendly to you which you could download for free that's right the xfl app is where you get all your xfl right there in the palm of your hand so you get insider videos you get this show you get the latest news from the league it's all there on the xfl app you could follow your particular team if you want to as well or just follow all eight teams and it is downloadable for free in the ios in the apple store google play wherever you get your apps i'm not going to tell you where to download it particularly i'm just saying it's there and you can get it i'm not going to tell you how to live your life but you probably should have the xfl app especially if you're listening or watching this show so download it right now the official xfl app it's free and it is our read that we had to do right there bryant to get us to this next portion of the show 
that is going to be a lot of fun because it is uh, day one of XFL free agency, uh, players on the open market. I don't know what you want to call it, but there's movement. There's stuff to talk about. The season's officially over now. Let's talk about that in the cover, too. All right, guys, be quiet. I got an announcement. Now make sure you be quiet and listen to this, everybody. The season is officially over. And if I could pull up the official thank you from the league, it was a pretty heartfelt from Commissioner Oliver Luck and President Jeffrey Pollock. Uh, you, you, if you've seen it on social media, you, you've read it on XFL.com. But I, I just love the part uh, that it, where it says, when our, t- when our teams return to the field, we'll make every effort to ensure your faith in us is rewarded with even more fun and excitement. Your passion is our purpose, and everything we do every day for every season to come is for the love of football. That's not stopping with season one or season, I guess you could call it half, Bryant. But everybody stay connected, safe, and healthy, and we're going to ride this long road to 2021 together. And I appreciate the league as a fan coming out with that letter. Uh kind of you know just letting us know that yes the season is over it won't be played we can move on we could do for us Bryant we could do our award show but more importantly fans could uh, start uh, thinking about 2021 and and appreciating what we had for those five weeks and I like what I saw also with our next topic here in the cover too is with the players moving to the NFL and we've already seen some of them uh, there's been tweets out there I believe Cole Kubelik from ESPN said the XFL worked when it comes to what we saw with player movement today. And I think with that letter, the XFL also worked because the people, the, the th- millions of people who read that this week on social media and XFL.com read that letter and said, damn, season's over. And they were genuinely upset, but then they read the part, they'll be back. I'm looking forward to it. And as football fans, I think the beginning of this crazy year was one of the, best times ever for me as a football fan and i'm sure millions of other people bryant like yourself uh so there it is the official stamp season's over yep uh the season's over alan like you said and it's something that i think we all are i mean when when you when you hear what's going on in the world and you see all these other leagues thinking about whether or not they get to play and they play all the way through june you know to me, at least I'm a realist and I knew that this probably was coming down the pipe, but to have it be official, I guess was, was a little hard. Um, but the XFL saying thank you to fans appreciative of what's happening. Uh, that's something that the league, you know, takes value in, you know, you and I on have been around most of these, as I like to say, quote unquote, uh, corporate people <laughs> for a long time now. And they genuinely care about what we t- we think they care about what fans think. They ask us, what do we see when we're out there? A lot of people uh, within the XFL, uh, us included, care about what the fans think and what the fans uh, want out of this show, out of the XFL going forward. So I think the XFL is really being genuine when they say thank you to the fans. And and you're right, Alan. The XFL, I think I'm going to go back to that tweet that I had about a week ago or so. But the XFL didn't fill a void in football to me. It filled a void in sports, right? It was, it was access. It was quality uh, football. It was... Uh, just so different that I think you're going to see a lot of leagues, not just the NFL, but other sports adapt uh, to uh, what the XFL did and adopt a lot of their uh, innovations. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'll be interested. I know as football fans, we'll see what the NFL or college uh, do in reaction to what was put there on tape by the XFL as a league this year that was super innovative. Um, we'll see what happens with new players coming in because that's this is an off season, Bryant. You know, I saw a lot of people out there saying, oh, no, XFL players can go to the NFL now. And yes, that's as of March 23rd. Yeah. But think of all the players coming to the XFL now from yeah. the NFL, from the CFL, yeah. from college. It's They all saw it too and said, damn, I want to be a part of that. So players that were good enough in 2019 to play in the NFL are now going to be available to play in the XFL, excuse me, in 2019, yeah, are now going to play in the XFL in 2021, right? Players that we just saw on on NFL rosters last season are not going to make NFL rosters this season and now are going to be available for the XFL. The same players, basically, same type of players that we mm-hmm. saw play in the XFL in 2020. It's it's pretty exciting to think about. And also, as uh, XFL fans, I think in year one, we we kind of connected to these players in that first, that first iteration, this first year, and uh, just five weeks of football, and I feel – like, I am a P.J. Walker fan for life, and seeing him uh, today get signed by the Carolina Panthers, I couldn't be happier for him, and I can't wait to see what happens with his career. And he he's an XFL guy for life now. But I am. But you mentioned P.J. Walker, a player that's gotten is very noticeable. Very, you know, the notoriety notoriety of that player is great. I'm a Jordan Smallwood fan. You know what I mean? That's someone that you you really. Oh, sorry. Thank you. Uh, that's someone <laughs> that. You know, maybe normally doesn't even get on the radar of anybody, but the XFL gave that to us. And, and there's a lot of players out there that I think, yeah, if you watch the XFL, you know about Cam Phillips, you know about PJ Walker, you know about Landry and, and Cardell and Josh Johnson. But it's all the other players that I think we've been familiar. Boogie, Boogie Roberts, you know. I had a conversation with him before the season even started, and it was just a lot of fun. So I think us as true uh, XFL day oneers uh, were able to um, – obtain relationships with some of these players even though they don't know us i feel like we know a lot of them oh absolutely and you know we're gonna follow their careers and that's what this was all about this first day we'll see who else goes there's a lot of lists out there who we could see going to the nfl and i think the first three guys we saw bryant were definitely on my list especially when you talk about pj walker a number one for sure he goes to carolina reuniting with his college coach great story really cool Really cool. Give it you to me. called. You Give called it. it. Give you it called me. it Thank a you. week ago. You said, "Oh, he's going to Carolina," and I said, "Uh, pro- I." No, you didn't even say probably. Sense. You said Kyle Allen was is tough. Is what you yeah, said. He got cut. That's all. You said. And then they got <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. You're right. Um, <laughs> but either way, uh, that'll be interesting to see what he, what happens there. What kind of opportunities PJ Walker gets? Then you got Jordan Tamu going to KC from St. Louis, joining the Super Bowl champs. And we'll see if he backs up Patrick Mahomes, uh, athletic quarterback, similar similar athleticism. I don't know about the MVP caliber. We'll see what Jordan Tomu does, but that's awesome to see him get his NFL opportunity after showing up big for the St. Louis Battle. Who was the backup in KC? Matt Moore, right? Matt Moore was the backup in uh, Kansas City. Very different style uh, than Patrick Mahomes. So I think getting Jordan Tomu there and hopefully you know gets a spot behind Patrick Mahomes. You're running basically the same style of offense with the two players, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Good luck to him. Yeah, you could you pr- pretty much ask him to do the same things, except I don't know if 
Tom, who's capable of some of the left-handed throws. We're not skilled, stuff. but I'm not skill level. We're not yeah. talking, but at least the style is. is He's is a creative football player. He's that's what exactly. you know. Andy Reid likes, so that's the, no surprise that Tom was one of the first guys to get a shot. And then Dietrich Nichols, interception leader, Houston Roughnecks. Uh, the DB goes to the New Orleans Saints, and those are your first three at least announced rumors swirling about some other players, Brian, but so far those are the ones that have been reported by various outlets and really cool to see the first crop of guys. Hopefully not too many now. Obviously we want to see these guys make some money and succeed in their football careers, but we want to see a lot of guys stay in the XFL. Uh, And yeah, those are the first three. I'm interested to see who goes next. I honestly have no idea. Um, Cam Phillips is one I'm very interested to see where he goes, if he goes. Um, and I can, and that even better is how do these teams react? How do the Roughnecks replace P.J. Walker? They have Connor well, they Cook. they still got Connor Cook. If they bring him back. <laughs> and then you got the St. Louis Battlehawks. What do they do? So it's going to be fun to see. And for you Houston Roughnecks fans, I got to say I kind of feel, feel for you because you're on a roll. They might before, get picked apart, by the way, just in this entire process. <laughs> and before, before you know, you could get your championship completely. Uh, yeah, your team might get get a lot of players might get their opportunities at least in training camps. We'll see if they make it all the way through to the rosters. Uh, but there it is, and NFL come a call into some XFL players, Brian. I don't know who you expect to see next. I'm going to probably say Cam Phillips. What about you? Yeah, you got Cam Phillips. I expect uh, Parham, Donald Parham. Uh, from Stetson in Florida uh, to get picked up here pretty soon. Butler All out six of, foot uh, eight of them. Houston. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's a big guy. I'm very curious as to what Josh Johnson's going to do. I think that's one of the bigger stories uh, this offseason. If he goes back to get, you know, is he going to bounce around to another team? Is he going to stick with the Wildcats and enjoy playing? You know, I mean, he's, he's one of those veterans that's made a lot of money in the NFL over the last few years. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the, 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 pros and cons of staying in the XFL or not, I think a lot this offseason, Alan. But to see some of these players already starting to get signed means that the NFL was looking. They weren't, you know, not paying attention. And hopefully these players, you know, have great lengthy careers in the NFL. Uh, their success is going to be kind of the the road to future XFL players going forward as well. So there you have it. We'll keep you updated on this show as those come in before our episodes, and we'll talk about them each time players make that jump. And uh, it's fascinating. It's the the football off season is always nuts, but this one is particularly crazy because it's yeah. earlier. And uh, you know you got Kenny Robinson getting drafted too. We got to keep an eye out on that. So oh, yeah. we will be watching out for all of it here, and. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna get too worried about it. We're gonna calm down, as Josh Johnson says. And if a player goes to, goes to the Carolina Panthers, say PJ Walker, if you're a Houston Roughnecks fan, deep breath. Twenty twenty one, lots of opportunity. Remember, Allen just picked any quarterback to be the MVP because they're playing for June Jones. You're gonna be all right. You're gonna be fine replacing him. Well, also, also, I will player. say this. He's a great player, but I will say this. Houston Roughneck fans, most of them, probably didn't even know who P.J. Walker was before the season started. So now you bring in somebody else that who you don't know who you were, who he is, uh, same position you were with P.J. Walker as the start of the season. 
Well, yeah, but still, I mean, you develop that relationship with PJ Walker if you were. It was five weeks. Oh, come on! It was the best five weeks of my life. We went to the we went to the drive-in, and we went and we. That's why growing up, Alan, I told you don't say the L word after two dates. Don't get so attached. (laughs) Don't say it. You got you. Well, if you're going five and zero, it's hard not to. It's very hard not to. (laughs) All right, there it is. That's the cover too, and. Like we said, on the next episode, we're sure certain other players will go and we'll talk about them uh, here on the show. We appreciate uh, you tweeting at us, your reactions to these as well, at XFL Show. Uh, we want to hear what you think of uh, these players making the jump. Now we take it to this very special moment here, Bryant. Da, 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 da. Red carpet time because we're not getting to the uh, – the countdown just yet, but it's award season. Here we are. What what's the trophy? What are we giving away to the winner who's number one on our top offensive players countdown here? <laughs> what are we giving them? Oh, I don't know. Jenny Maybe uh, the opportunity for an interview. Opportunity for an interview on. Um, how about a classic? Ooh, you know what? Hold I on. Got I got some Icelandic I, trolls in here. What if I, I get know. this like bronzed or something, and we tr- we like the classic. The classic. You know, we ball? hand these out. The classic balls as trophies, possibly. Or what about just? Hopefully, we'll get them on the show. We'll beg. We'll beg them if, if anything. <laughs> but this is going to be our top five uh, offensive players of the year. Bryant, very hard work done for this list between you and I. Uh, there's there was no cutting any corners whatsoever with these five. And number one is going to be taking home the imaginary hardware. Are you ready? Uh, Alan, real quick, before we do get started, I want to ask, what is the um, criteria for Offensive Player of the Year? Is it stats? Is it wins? Is it What is it for you? It's a combo. It's stats. It's reliability. It's clutch. It's importance to your team. It's flash. It's all that rolled into one, and it's tough to measure because there were a lot of standouts. I definitely think we had, at least when we were started putting this list together, at least 12 names that we got down to five, and then those five rotated, and some guys left the top five and went back on, and new guys came <laughs> on, and then we settled on this five. But there were, I mean, some great performances in this league. Obviously, there were some top-notch, top-notch standout talents, but then the, the, there were a lot of guys, I think, who put out great tape are going to probably be getting phone calls to be in training camps during the summer and uh, who are probably going to be future XFL MVPs as well. So that's my criteria. Oh, yeah, they stick around. I'm basically in the same boat as you. It's it's players who who their offensive production was reliable and not uh, dismissible. You, 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 you looked for this player in every single game to make a splash, uh, and I think uh, that's probably what – fits the top offensive player, at least in my mind. There you go. So there we have our criteria. What that means to you, uh, probably diddly poo, as Jim Mora would say, but it's all about what you think too. We want to hear from you, really, at XFL Show. React to this countdown. Here we go. Are you prepared, Brian? Are you ready? Shall we start the countdown? I ain't ready. You ain't ready? I'm ready. He's ready. He's ready. (laughs) He ain't, ready. he ain't ready. He ain't ready. We got to be, Cardell. <laughs> it's time for the hot read. And the countdown, the top offensive players, hashtag XFL 2020. 
Josh Johnson trying to extend the lead. Wide open. Touchdown, Los Angeles. Saeed Blacknall. Number five. Josh Johnson Bryant, the L.A. Wildcats quarterback coming in at five. You fought, fought really hard for him to get as high as possible on this list. I was a little bit more reluctant because he missed the game. But obviously, obviously, he was the best leader, I think, in the XFL, if you ask me. So leadership is not a criteria for you in it an is. offensive player of the year. It is, and he had the two highest scoring games from any offense as a quarterback. That's huge as well. There are four other players I thought that stood out a little bit more. But maybe I'm – is this ages? I feel like you think there's like six or seven players that stood out. I don't even no. know if you put Josh Johnson in your top five. At first, no. I didn't. You but look then, at the stats, Alan. You, you really have to kind of think of it. Second in the league in passing yards, 1,076. Second in the league in TDs. First in terms of uh, interceptions for players that played more than four games. Uh, to me, and the leadership skills, when you're talking about somebody who who pretty much put the team on his back, uh, Josh Johnson, to me, uh, had a uh, one of the season, one of the best seasons uh, that a player could have in the XFL. And to me, he should have been a little higher than number five, but I'll stick with you as long as we're talking about him. Uh, Josh Johnson, number five. And he was he was number two. You said in passing yards, right? He was the the the. Number two in TDs, number one in interceptions that played four more games. I mean, come on. The the guy who had no fear when it came to telling his own offensive coordinator to just basically be quiet and call plays because he was entrusted with running that offense. I don't think Norm Chow had any problem with that whatsoever. And uh, Josh Johnson was really fun to watch. Definitely worthy of the list. I'm fine with it. And uh, I'm glad he made it, actually, in the end. Brian, I'm happy you convinced me because he's a Wildcat, and he was the most important player on that team. And I think you and I both were, as fans, feeling confident for the direction the Wildcats were going before the damn season abruptly stopped. And it was all because of Josh Johnson. (laughs) It was. uh, Josh Johnson gave something to this team that I think they were lacking in the first week of the season. Uh, Alan, also number one in QB rating, too among eligible quarterbacks. So, great season for Josh Johnson. Great season. He's not the offensive player of the year, though. He's number five, made the list. Who's number one going to be? We'll get there soon enough. Let's take it now to number four. They answer it with a run and a big first down for Patrick. Finally up in and inside the 20, a gain of 17. Again to the ground game, and again it works. This time it's Davion Smith. Ball on the ground, scooped up by the Vipers, Jacquez Patrick, and he's going to make something happen. Patrick inside the five. (laughs) Davion Smith with another physical carry. He's over 100 yards. Patrick went over 100 yards. Two 100-yard rushers tonight for Tampa Bay. Number four, no copping out at all here, Bryant. (laughs) You and I. Could not pick either over the other. So, it's both of them. Jacques Patrick and Devion Smith, the running backs from the Tampa Bay Vipers, because, well, they're they're two-headed serpent. It's, it's this. It's not this. It's this in Tampa. Both of them. You've got Devion Smith to eat up the yardage, maybe play the passing downs a little bit more. Jacques Patrick 
to finish it on the goal line and also have huge runs and run guys over. Both of them were spectacular to watch at times. Both of them had, a, in the same game, 100 yards against D.C., and I think both of them are worthy of this list, and I don't want to take up two spots with them, Bryant, so I said, let's just put them both at number four, and you agreed, and I love it. <laughs> I agreed quickly when you said that. Uh, Alan, 150 attempts between the two, uh, numbers one and three uh, on the uh, rushing yards list. Uh, 4.1 and 4.2. I mean, these guys were just mirror images of each other. It didn't matter who you put in there. They were going to run the ball, uh, get some yards. Uh, It it was just a a double-headed viper uh, with the Tampa Bay Vipers. And don't forget, they had Taylor Cornelius, too, who could run the ball. That team could run all over you in many different directions with many different players. And I think uh, Smith and Patrick... uh, Although it's a little weird to put two players in one spot because it wasn't a tie technically. It was just us putting two players in one spot. It's it's a very XFL show thing to do. I will say... It's our show. Um, they both deserve it. Yeah, it is it's our, our list. Show. It's our list. <laughs> we'll, we'll do what we want. And let us know what you think of that, though. I mean, if you had to choose, gentle football fan, would you have gone Smith or Patrick? And I know Battlehawks fans are saying, you're, I would have gone Matt Jones. You're also talking... I would have gone Cameron. You're also listening Smith. to the... You're listening to the man who picked two people to win his MVP to hedge his bet a little bit, too, by the way. No, I picked one player. Only one quarterback plays for the Roughnecks, and that's who I picked. (laughs) The quarterback of the Roughnecks. And here we pick the running back of the Tampa Bay Vipers for number four on our top (laughs) offensive players. Countdown taking us now, Bryant, to number three. Caught Parham. The big tight end rumbles down the sideline. Six foot eight and speed. His second touchdown of the half. 65 on that one. Woo. How about the long strider? Number three. So, so tall. So, so graceful. So, so damn good out of nowhere. How is this guy? Out of nowhere. How is this guy? guy donald parham you let listen you weren't saying anything about donald parham until like maybe training camp the the first time you lied laid eyes on him that's it oh okay yeah you're right (laughs) you didn't know who he was before then you weren't following stetson football you probably hate scouts who go to games to watch players is that what you do (laughs) i i appreciate when they like to analyze players by paper no, no paper champions on this on this countdown. This is all stuff we've seen on tape. But honestly, who had heard of Donald Parham before the XFL? Uh, not many of us, but he shows up, all six foot eight of them, and just freaking dominated, Brian. I mean, as a tight end, putting up numbers as good as pretty much any receiver in the league, save a couple elite wideouts. He was the target for the Dallas Renegades and essential to their game plan. Uh, he was, and you know, with four touchdowns uh, tied for second in the league, uh, don't forget that 65-yard run where he was just uh, jogging across, uh, and all of a sudden he just get, gets in the gear and, and he goes all the way through. Uh, he was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, really, a, a great target to have in the red zone. I fully expect him to be on an NFL uh, roster come training camp. Uh, 24 receptions, 307 yards, 12.8 uh, per reception. That's it's a pretty solid year for someone who came out of nowhere. That. Uh, I predicted would have a big season based on the fact that I saw him play in training camp with well, my own two eyes. Who knows how the offseason will go, but if he does get back into the XFL, I wouldn't mind seeing Josh Johnson throw to him next time instead. Ooh. That, that would be nice. We'll see what kind of movement happens. But that guy 
is someone you want on your team. What a freaking target. Nearly uncoverable. And he the showed up some like, speed. He was like twelve point like twelve thousand two hundred dollars on DraftKings. He was like the second highest a wide receiver in terms of value on DraftKings. That you could, that's 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 some serious statistics there. If there was any player that was I think just a giant ball of clay in the XFL this season, just a raw talent that untapped really from these, you know, professional coaches. It was Donald Parham and he went out there and he got coached up by Hal Mummy and by Bob Stoops. He played with Landry Jones. He got a taste of, of what it's like to work with some just elite uh, football people, coaches and teammates. And where this guy goes next, it, with the athleticism, the size, you just can't teach it. And he, and he executed well. It's not like he was out there a bumbling tall fool. He was an athlete, an elite one, dominating at times. Who the hell knows what's next for him? But any human that big is is going to be doing special things if their mind's in it, and his was. We don't have the stats. We don't have the stats in front of us, Alan. But I'm sure on conversions as well, a, a huge target, if I remember correctly. A lot of times, uh, being someone that you could just kind of cover. How do you cover this man? How? You got to put your tallest man, whether he plays offense, offensive line, defensive line, whatever. If he plays quarterback, and that's your tallest man, you put him to block to cover this guy because that's the only way. He yeah. just out, he just outreaches you. Doesn't even yeah. out jump you. He outreaches you. Figure out how to pl- plug him at the line of scrimmage as much as possible and f- avoid him getting downfield. Because if he gets open, any kind of space, he's going to catch it. And he might even outrun you. What a season it was to watch Donald Parham, the Dallas Renegades, the tight end, all six foot eight of them. Tremendous, tremendous season. Cannot wait to see what's next for his career in particular. Now we go to number two on the countdown, Bryant. And he is the elite QB in this league this year. And he's finishing up at number two in our offensive players countdown. Bubble the snap. Walker picks it up. Now trying to turn something out of nothing and into the end zone for the most unlikely of touchdowns. Off the fumbled snap, P.J. Walker picks it up and runs into the end zone for another roughnecks touchdown. Who do we think we are putting P.J. Walker number two in anything, Bryant? But he lands at the two spot in this countdown. Obviously can make the argument for number one for P.J., but, I mean, we'll get to why in just a moment. Let's just talk about why he's on this list at all and why he's probably an MVP when we get to that show. I mean, undefeated quarterback, big plays left and right, very few mistakes, and even when he made mistakes, he turned them into touchdowns sometimes. It was just all clicking for this guy. It was as if the football god said, the XFL is for you, P.J. Walker. Enjoy it, my son. Have fun. Play. Frolic. Show off. And go get your contract with the Carolina Panthers. And that's what he did. It was all about P.J. Walker this season. Easily could be our number one, Bryant, but number two ain't too bad either for the Houston Roughnecks QB. 184 attempts. That's how many times June Jones put this ball in his hands. Uh, And that was just throwing. He did run a lot. Uh, He did take some sacks, but that's just because he was trying to extend the play. I mean, really, if you think about it, 24 rushing attempts as well. I mean, the man was basically the offensive uh, machine uh, for uh, the Houston Roughnecks 
you're right. Could we have put him number one? Probably. I think you and I both instantly agree that he would be number two. And I think this is where the controversy starts maybe a little bit. But 15 touchdowns, four interceptions, 1,338 yards. That, that's a season. Uh, and that was only halfway through. Alan, you laughed at me earlier this week because I sent you this. And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, what, why are you doing this? I wanted to do this because I wanted you to compare his season to as if he had 16 games. Because someone goes, 15 touchdowns, 1,338 yards. In five games, that's, that's, what is that? Well, if you take that and you multiply it across an NFL season so you can get more familiarity with those numbers, uh, 48 touchdowns and then 4,282 yards. That's kind of what it equates to, which is a pretty good season uh, for the length of time that he actually played it. I mean, there's a lot of holes people could play, poke into your 16-game thing, but that, I like that just emphasizes how the, the trajectory P.J. Walker was on in the XFL even going out to 10 games, the numbers would have been amazing. And he definitely would have been an MVP candidate. And it's, a, I mean, the reason why he got the call from Carolina and his former head coach, because he showed this guy could put an offense on his back. He can make huge plays, fearless throws. Nobody in this league, maybe Josh Johnson, maybe, uh, was, as, was as fearless as P.J. Walker, and I'm not even talking about going I mean, uh, down. I wouldn't even give Josh Johnson that credit. Because <laughs> Josh Johnson would throw downfield, but P.J. Walker put his shoulder into some guys as well. He went for it, man. He took, oh, I love watching him play because he saw the XFL. Here's my opportunity. And he, like, nobody, I think, took it as seriously as P.J. Walker did when it came to the opportunity, the chance to be on TV playing football and proving you're the best player on the field. Players like that are the most fun to watch. I just want to say thank you to P.J. Walker for the effort because, damn, you put it all out there in those five weeks. 5-0, and oh, can't argue against it, but didn't get him number one on our list. Let's see what people say when we tell them who our offensive player of the year is, Bryant, here coming in at number one. Trailing by a field goal deep in their own territory. Here's Walker, steps up and throws. Ball was tipped, and it's caught. Racing down the sideline is who else but Cam Phillips for the touchdown. How about 84 yards to the house? Yeah, the argument could be made for P.J. Walker, but Cam Phillips had three, three Stars of the Week awards. How many touchdowns, Brian? I lost count. And yeah, he was P.J. Walker's <laughs> favorite target, but to be a consistent target in this league, we we honestly, I think there's a handful, maybe not every team had their, their receivers showing up every single week. Cam Phillips pretty much showed up every single week, save one, one week where he was strategically really taken out of the game. It was, it was a, a, a well-done job uh, by, was that Dallas? Who took Dallas, him out? Dallas, yes. Um, but... Other than that, virtually unstoppable. I mean, when a big play, short yardage, yak, whatever you needed, Cam Phillips was there. And the number's just too hard to argue against for me for this award, Bryant. That's really – stats maybe weighed the most for Cam Phillips. I didn't take him into a huge account in other spots, but those are overwhelming, all those touchdowns and the, the, the weekly awards he came – the hardware he took home. Amazing job. Offensive player of the year, according to us. 
number one in receptions with 31, number one in yards with 455, uh, number one in touchdowns uh, with nine, and number one uh, with player of the week awards uh, with three of those. Alan, I, you talk about offense, that's what Cam Phillips is, right? You know, P.J. Walker, uh, great player, nothing taken away from him because he's a great offensive star. But just in pure offense, talent, something you have to worry about, someone you have to, to look out for the entire time. Uh, Cam Phillips, you, you, the man, you know, had one bad game in the Houston Roughnecks, you know, still won, but he was strategically stopped. I mean, they they, they basically probably double teamed him most of the game because you have to. And that's something that the, you have to take into account is that they uh, took him out of the game and because he was that big of a, an importance. He didn't have a bad game. He would, They just took him out of the game. He's a factor. Anyone. Yeah, he's a, he's yeah. a factor that's going to you're going to game plan plan against and. If you didn't, he made you pay. And to be that reliable to make make you pay was amazing to watch. Like a player just come out of there and have that chemistry with his quarterback. How do you do that having barely, you know, you, you had your training camps for a couple months, but they, him and P.J. Walker look like they have been, you know, they, like they were a, a young and Rice playing together for years and years. And we played one season, five games together. It's insane, really, to think about that production they had as as a tandem. It was awesome. It was. It was just like they've they've been playing for years. It was a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure Cam Phillips will get his opportunity uh, in the fall. Uh, but for right now, he is the winner of our unofficial official XFL show, uh, Offensive Player of the Year for XFL 2020. There it is. The countdown is over our first one for our awards here bryant cam phillips taking home offensive player of the year we need a hashtag so people can discuss this on twitter and stuff hashtag xfl show awards Ooh, how about xfl yeah hashtag xfl show awards there you go i'm a social media genius hashtag xfl show awards and when you do that and you tweet at us at xfl show I cannot wait for you to say, yeah, you just gave Cam Phillips that because you're going to give P.J. Walker MVP. We'll see. You'll have to wait and find out who we give MVP. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe don't tell us how to do give our awards away. We're the committee. This is it right here. <laughs> Put a lot of hard work into this. No, but we appreciate your side, feedback. I never know what side I'm on. <laughs> I don't know. But I just I want to hear everyone else's picks. But, uh, that, I mean – Really, I think most of the reaction to this, Brian, will be like, yeah, you could have given it to either one of them. And we chose Cam Phillips just because. But I think you and I both it chose. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a discussion, really. And it was just because I think you look at Cam Phillips and for some reason it screams offensive player of the year. Right. He was just yeah. so much better. Like Josh Johnson was on. Like if Josh Johnson had five games instead of the four, he'd been, he would have been right there with PJ uh, with stats. Right. Cam Phillips far and away. Uh, better than anyone, and he, and he basically didn't even get a. He I think he got one reception in one game. So, offense production. And now offense. that that means offense is in the books. We've got that. That's official. That's that is forever. Cam Phillips, the first XFL show offensive player of the year. He took home the big O. Maybe we'll get like just a big, big O trophy mm. to give him. Send him a big O. No, because then we got to get one for the defense, and I'm not a fan of. And then Bryant that. wants to give uh, next week. Watch, listen, and watch as Bryant gives away the big defensive 
Player of the Year award at the end of the show. That uh, well, that's actually not next week, Alan. That's well, Friday week, morning because yeah. that's what we're doing this week. What day uh, is so it? Make sure you tell your friends. Honey, what quarantine day are we in? What is this, 12? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this Friday morning is the are, Is she still not letting you out of that room? I, I just... <laughs> Oh, man, poor Alan. Because our, the good um, thing is the door has a lot of room on the bottom, so she could just slide my meals under there every day. Yeah. Just Your gluten-free meals, gotcha. Uh, follow us on all of our social media platforms at XFL Show. Remember, uh, use that hashtag, uh, hashtag XFL Show Awards. Uh, and let us know what you think of our choice for Offensive uh, Player of the Year in the XFL. Uh, subscribe and listen. Tell your friends about us. We're going to be here every Tuesday morning, Friday morning uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcast app. Uh, and don't forget, you can now watch us. You can watch us, Alan, on XFL.com or YouTube.com slash XFL, the official uh, YouTube page of the XFL. Yeah, we're here for you if you need us. Tuesday mornings, Friday mornings. And we have some awards to give away over the course of the next few episodes. We're going to do some more interviews. We thank Drew from St. Louis for joining us on that Skype call earlier. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking to some of you fans or you just call that fan line 724-5654-XFL and leave your own messages, reactions to these awards we're giving away. Defense coming up. We'll have MVP. We'll be talking coaches, uh, maybe Rookie plays. of the year is going to be my favorite. Rookie honestly. of the year. Which the criteria for that is what? Having never played a down of professional football in a regular season game. There are actually quite a few rookies to choose from in that category. Might make it the most difficult. We'll see. We're going to have fun with it. And if you have any top fives you want us to dive through, because we've got countdown fever. I'm counting up my quarantine days, but I want to count down on some XFL 2020 (laughs) stuff here. I want to count down some st- fun stuff, maybe. Quotes. Oh, man. Maybe we'll do quotes. We've got some stuff in the holster here that we've been talking about doing. So if you have any suggestions, this is your show, too. This is for football fans, by football fans. We'd love to hear it at XFL Show. But, uh, yeah, I got to get working on on got to get working on the D here now. Bryant, defensive players coming up Friday. This one's going to be very fun. And I'm I just like watching defensive highlights. That's my favorite part of doing the research for the next episode. <laughs> well, we'll get there uh, on uh, Friday morning. Make sure you're checking us out. Defensive player of practice, the year. Practice your pronunciation. It's Boonmi Rotimi. Just heads Boonmi up. Rotimi. Got it. I got you. I got you. Adam Scheffler. Still not right, huh? No. No, no. He's no, not, I'll never he's get not, that one right. But. He might, I, I don't think we're going to do an XFL reporter of the year. But if there is, I'm not. We're not giving. Well, it you're to looking him. one and two right here, baby. What else do you need? Uh, I don't know. Diana Rossini's pretty damn good. <laughs> That's true, but, actually. We are talk about sideline. I mean, if I was on the sideline, I could you, tell people not to cuss. You, Matt McGloin would have punched you in the face if you were the one <laughs> asking him on the sideline. All right, bantered enough here. That's it. Offensive player has been given away. We look forward to Friday's defensive player of the year countdown. And we look forward to talking to you in between then on social media at XFL Show. Go to XFL.com for the latest throughout the week. We'll be keeping track of what players make that jump to fall football. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. For Bryant, I'm Allen. Please stay safe, stay healthy, stay inside, and just listen to all of our shows. They're all on the podcast feed, back catalog. We're on the kick- the road to kickoff has begun 2021 here we come this is the xfl show remember
they're listening.